Hello, hello, and welcome to the Triple S Podcast. I am your host, Shelby, aka your favorite Southern mama, and let's get started. I am so excited to be back with you guys today, and it's a lovely day. If you're watching this on video, you might be thinking, whoa, what's going on? You look way more done up than normal, and I am. I just got my makeup done. It was a trial for my engagement photo shoot. I feel very much done up. I do feel like a 90s mom with my bangs and my hair like flipped out. I'm wearing like a denim button-down shirt. I I look like um, Chessie from The Parent Trap, which is not a bad thing. She was practically the star of that movie. Just kidding. Lindsay Lohan, you know you're rocking it. Anyways, my makeup is done. I really like it. She did a beautiful job. I just do not feel like myself. So I don't know if I want to have my makeup done for my pictures. I typically only wear like lip liner. Y'all know lip liner and the chapstick that I get at my dentist office. I don't know if I can stray from that. These eyelashes are like touching my eyebrows and it's a lot, but I do, I do feel kind of nice. So while I'm recording this episode, if you hear my hair flipping in the microphone, that is why, because I look a little bit cooler than I normally do. So jumping right into things after that long intro and explanation of why I actually have makeup on today, we are going to be talking about something that I have personally dealt with. And I'm curious to know how many of you guys have done this. The title of today's episode is I'm 30 years old and I've never had a roommate. It sounds like it would be a true life episode and it is, it is my true life. So The real number is like 29 and a half, but still, um, I was 29 and a half or 30 years old before I ever had a roommate. And that is not just a boy that was my boyfriend that I lived with. No, I never had a college roommate. I've never lived with a friend. I have truly never lived with anybody else other than my parents. So after, scratch that, I did live with my grandparents for like a year when I was in college, but other than immediate family, I've never had a roommate. So it was terrifying to me. And I'm going to talk about why I ended up being 29 before I ever lived with somebody else, because there are some kind of unique situations to me personally. Um, But a lot of people think that it's kind of detrimental to not have had any roommates. And I really don't think it's that bad of a situation. I think that I handled it really well. So a little background... My parents are separated, and after they separated, they both lived with significant others that were not each other, obviously, because they were separated. And as a kid, that was not my favorite thing. I didn't like having to share my time with my dad with the girl that he was living with, and the same with my mom. I didn't like her boyfriends living with us. Um, So I had my daughter at a very young age, and I kind of knew once I was single that I didn't want her to be around somebody that wasn't going to be around her forever. So I knew that I didn't want to live with people. Also having her really young, I didn't want to have other people around her. Um, It's hard to have people in your age group that are not going out and drinking when you're in that young age. So I was 18, just turned 19. A lot of my friends were just going to college, just getting freedom from their parents. I've never been a person that went out and drank and partied and I'm still not. Um, So it was hard for me to find somebody that I could live with that would respect me and my daughter's boundaries. Um, And not to say I didn't have some great people around me. I do. I have friends that are like sisters and, 
you know, I just, it wouldn't have been fair to them to hold them to a standard that I was holding myself to as a parent um, because they were experiencing their late teens and early 20s. Like, who am I to be like, oh, yeah, you can't be out past 10 because we got to put the baby to bed. So for that reason, I didn't live with anybody for a while. That was definitely a big contributor. Um, But also, I had a boyfriend. Shocker. I did have a boyfriend before my fiance now. But I had one other more serious boyfriend before my fiance now. um, Saying more serious because we dated for a couple years. We were very, very young. And I know that now when you're in the middle of a relationship, it doesn't feel like you're that young. But we were very, very young. Um, And we had been seeing each other for a couple of years. And, you know, it felt like it was getting a little bit more serious. And I remember vividly making the comment to him and saying, you know, he was about to graduate college. I was working full time and had saved up a little bit of money. And at that time I was living with my grandparents. Um, And I said, do you think that we should look for an apartment together? And what he said to me, I used to think of it as like one of the more painful things someone had ever said to me in my life. And I was able to take that and flip it and have it work to my advantage his response was, living with you and spending more time with you is not going to increase my overall happiness. So I don't think that that's what I want to do for my next step. Ouch. Like that is something at the time when you're in your early 20s and your partner says something like that to you, it is very painful. It's very shocking. Um, And you know, for a while I thought, oh my gosh, how could someone say something like that? That is so insensitive. It's so rude. No, it's not. He knew what his boundaries were. We we were not the best relationship. I wasn't the best girlfriend. I was a young mom figuring myself out as any young person would, would. And he was doing the same thing. So kudos to him for knowing that we weren't in the right place or headspace to be cohabitating. But him saying that one, made me question why I wasn't the right person that was going to bring joy and happiness to someone else's life. Uh, Because this person was important to me. They were one of my best friends on top of being, you know, uh, someone I was in a relationship with. So me to think that there are parts about myself that would stress somebody out or not bring them joy um, to spend more time with me, you know, that made me question things about myself. And yes, I totally understand that part of that is on him. You know, he had to work through some things too. Maybe that wasn't the best wording, um, but it was the push that I needed to explore things in myself and figure out how I could be the best version of myself. And even if that wasn't right for everybody, I was able to show up fully as myself, be happy, and be somebody that was a joy to be around. Um, I was in a very difficult chapter in my life and I wasn't the best person to be around. I was very dramatic. I was very stressful. I was one of those people that if you hurt my feelings, I couldn't just say, you're hurting my feelings right now. I was that person, that drama queen that was like, you always hurt my feelings. That wasn't true. So I had to do some some soul searching, much needed soul searching. Um, And hearing a comment like that, though it was painful, was the push that I needed to dig deeper in myself. Another thing that that comment did for me was it made me take that lens of, is this person spending more time with them going to increase my day-to-day happiness? 
it made me take that lens with all of the other relationships that I had after that. So anybody that I started seeing and if I started seeing them a little bit more regularly or if I started seeing them more seriously and it got to a point where we were like, oh, you know, is it time to take the next step in our relationships? Should we explore moving in together? I would immediately think, is this person going to bring an abundance of joy in my life now? Disclaimer, I'm not saying that someone is going to be at 100% and always there to please you all the time and always make you happy and that there will never be bumps in the road. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying before you live with somebody, really think about, is this person's goal to help me be a better version of myself? Are they willing to show up when they need to? And by show up, I mean, if you've had a really hard day at work, and me and my fiance say this to each other a lot. If, if I've had a really hard day at work, I'm exhausted. Maybe I had planned to cook dinner or something. And he walks in the door and he gives me a big hug. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. I am like at a 20%. I can't give you 50% right now. I'm at a 20%. I need to rest. Hopefully get myself back up to 40% by the end of the night. He is more than willing to pick up the slack. There are definitely going to be days where both of us are at 20%. That doesn't happen too often. But we'll kind of flip-flop. So having somebody that is able to show up for you and not someone that expects certain things, certain gender roles or, you know, whatever, I didn't want that. So as soon as a relationship got to the point where we'd been together for a couple months or maybe even approaching a year and it was time to decide if we wanted to take that next step and see each other more often or possibly look at a place together, I would question it and be like, is this person is their presence going to increase my happiness, not just in the moment, but can I see that for the foreseeable future? And unfortunately for those relationships, that was typically the point where I would need to separate myself from the person. I would realize that that was not the best match. Um, and our relationship would end. Sad. Sad piano or violin or whatever. Um, But it ended up not being sad because I waited until I met the right person for me and my daughter and our life. And when I moved in with my fiance, it was the first time I'd ever lived with anyone. I was very upfront about my nerves with that because even if you'd never lived with a significant other before, a lot of people have had a college roommate or, you know, shared a house with three or four other people or two other people before, you know, they move in with a a significant other. And I'd never had that either. So I was able to express that to him, let him know that I was nervous about the situation, and he was very understanding. He had definitely lived with significant others before. Um, So he was able to kind of give me a heads up of like things that we should discuss, things that we should know about each other before. And that is kind of the meat and potatoes of what I wanted to share in this episode as well is things that we discussed before moving in with each other that I think is worth it. And a lot of these can be applicable to a romantic partner or just a roommate in general. So one of the first things that we discussed before moving in together is what is something that you have to have? Like what is something that you need in order to be happy? One of the things for him, and it sounds so silly and it sounds so small, but it makes a huge impact, 
when he gets home from work, he works outside of the home. I work remote. Um, and that can cause friction. So if an adult, whether you're a stay-at-home mom and you're staying at home, that is a full-time job. Just want to be clear. But if you're a stay-at-home mom and you're staying at home and you're working from home all day and you have not had interaction with other adults or people outside of your house or you're working remote and you're only seeing people on Zoom calls, it's not the same. So when your partner gets home, it could be tempting to bombard them and be like, what did you do? Who did you see? Where'd you get coffee? What'd you eat for lunch? What did you do? That's very overwhelming. Then they're going to shut down. They're going to push that tension onto you. You're going to get your ego bruised. And I say you, but I'm me. I would do that too. So one of the things that my partner asked for was he requested 45 minutes. He was like, when I get home from work, I've been working outside of the home. He is definitely introverted. And he said, I just need 45 minutes to decompress, zone out everybody that I've interacted with for the day and really just do whatever I want for 45 minutes. I don't want to be asked what I want for dinner. I don't want to be, you know, anything. Hey, can you put your clothes away for 45 minutes? That is not that long. It's really not. When you've been working for eight hours plus 45-minute drive time or more each way, 45 minutes is a nice decompression. If he would have said, I need three hours, we, we would have done some negotiating, okay? Like, let's be for real. But 45 minutes, I was like, absolutely. And that was something that I took very seriously. I held it to a high standard. When he would get home from work, I would greet him, give him a big hug, say, I miss you so much. I'll see you in a little bit and go along my day. It got kind of nice. It was very quick that that 45 minutes turned into 15 minutes. And then he wanted to sit in the living room and hang out with all of us because we're just oh so amazing. But yeah, it was nice. It was nice to have that up front and just kind of know the things about your partner um, so that it you've kind of discussed it before it became an issue. Um, One of the things for me was, this is again, may sound silly. I was very worried about my closet situation. I had lived with myself and just me and my daughter. And she was so little, you know, she just had those little baby clothes. She just had those those little tiny little baby clothes. So she only needed one drawer and one little closet. And then every other clothes closet, laundry room closet, that was all for moi. I hung things everywhere. I had jackets in my laundry room, in the coat closet. I had all my shoes. I had two closets in my bedroom. I had storage underneath my bed. I had clothes everywhere. And so I really wanted us to have two separate spaces for our closets. I did not want to share. My grandma is the same way. She makes this joke about my grandpa. My grandpa will say, I only have this much space in the closet. And she'll look at him and go, how did you get that much? And I, I agree. Like I, I see where, where she's going with that now because I needed that. I wanted to know that all my clothes were in one space. When I walk into my closet to get dressed, it's like I'm putting on my personality for the day, which may sound an extreme, but that's something that I enjoy. I love the aspect of kind of playing dress up and, and getting to decide how I want to show up for the day. And if I walked into my closet, and I saw his dirty socks on the floor, or he moved, you know, my section of dresses to put his work clothes. 
I knew it would bother me. I knew it would get on my nerves. It would kind of mess up my zen every day. And so that was something that was important to me. So now all of my clothes are in one closet and his clothes are in another closet in the guest bedroom. So when we're using that room, he's very inconvenienced (laughs) and doesn't have access to his clothes as easily. So I love you so much. Thank you so much for putting up with my crazy. Little discussions like that before you take the plunge to move in with someone. And I'm sure that you guys have heard things like talking about the chore distribution. You can discuss distributing chores all you want. And I do think that it's helpful to kind of have an idea of who is going to take over what portion of the chores. I enjoy cooking. I like relaxing to cook and bake. I haven't always been that way, but it's something that I've definitely grown to love since 2020 when we were at home. I cooked and baked a lot and it just kind of stuck. I I really enjoy it. However, I don't want to be forced to have to be the person that provides every meal every day. So for example, today I was getting my makeup done for my trial. And when I came home, Stuart had already cooked dinner for us. It was sitting on the table. He said, text me when you're leaving. He already looked and saw how far the makeup artist was from our house. So he knew how to time it perfectly. And those are just one little reasons why I love him so much. But also it's very thoughtful. If you are going to move in with someone, it's important for you to move in with someone who's going to respect you and want to work with you to make things work. Very important. So discuss those things beforehand. Another thing that we needed to discuss beforehand was the financial aspect of living together. So a lot of people, the reason that you have roommates or the reason that you and your partner want to live together, especially in today's climate, is because it's really expensive to afford two different places. It's very expensive not only to pay two different rents and electric bills and water and everything else, but also the gas to get back and forth for both people. Um, And it just might not be feasible for each of you to be able to have your own place if you're at a point in your relationship where you think you should move in together. With that being said, just because you go from two places to one doesn't mean that both of you view those finances the same way. And that is an uncomfortable conversation that needs to be had before you sign a lease, before you move in with someone. And this is one of those pieces of advice. Your Southern mama is giving you some advice right now. This is one of those pieces of advice that this goes for if you're moving in with a friend, if you're moving in with a sibling, if you're moving in with a significant other, you need to have a conversation of how much money are you bringing in a month? What are your spending habits? You know, how are we going to split these bills? If you're moving in with a friend, you can do a 50-50 split if it's just the two of you or whatever. If you're moving in with a partner, I think that that's a conversation that needs to be had. Everybody wants to split their money differently. If one partner is bringing in significantly like double the amount of money of another partner, maybe you need to look at putting in a percentage of your paycheck rather than, okay, all of our bills together are $3,000. We're going to split that in half and pay $1,500 apiece. That might not always be fair because if one person is bringing home $50,000 and another person is bringing home $150,000, that $1,500 could make or break you. So sometimes I think it's important to have that conversation and maybe adjust and say, 
we need to look for an apartment where each of us are putting in 10% of our paycheck or 25% of our paycheck every month towards rent. And the person that's bringing home $150,000, their 25% is going to be higher than the person that's bringing home $50,000. But it's going to allow that person that's bringing home $50,000 the freedom to still have a savings account, not feel like they are, you know, scraping up pennies if they want to take you out on a nice date or go do something, you know, that's just kind of what I think and what I would want for myself and my daughter, but, or son, whenever I, we have more kids, if we have a son, I would want that for my kids. Um, and, and as y'all said, the mama, I want that for you guys. I want you to have the freedom to afford your life. So talk about finances before you move in with someone. If you've had a ton of roommates and if you've had a ton of relationships, I definitely have friends that have lived with someone since they turned 17, some of them, and they moved out from their parents' house when they were 17, and they have had roommates ever since then. They've lived with one or two roommates for five or six years, and now you know they're just now moving in with a boyfriend and having a significant other. I have had roommates that it's a couple living with another person, and I just think that you can always make it work. But just to protect yourself and to protect your feelings and protect the other people involved, have those conversations first. I am so happy that I was mildly traumatized (laughs) into not wanting to move in with someone before I did because I would not have had the confidence to ask any of these questions. I wouldn't have had the confidence to say, yeah, um, until we can discuss these few things or until I feel 100% confident with X, Y, and Z, I'm not ready to move in with you. My younger self would have been like, oh, okay, I guess it's a good idea. But something about it would give me the ick every time. And I would just be like, no. My friends would joke and say, whenever somebody asked if if I think that we should move in together, I think no, but I, I do think we should break up now. And as sad as it is, it wasn't far off until I met my fiance. <laughs> So I'm still looking at my beautiful makeup, but that is the quick and dirty version of how I was 30 and had never had a roommate. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I'm actually excited that the first time that I'm experiencing this is with the man that I'm going to marry and spend the rest of my life with. Um, And my daughter was very excited there was a little bit of an adjustment because my daughter had had me to herself for her first nine or 10 years of life. So that was a little bit of an adjustment, but she did a fantastic job. And my fiance always did a fantastic job of making sure that we had girls nights together and that we could go and do stuff just me and her. And it was beautiful. It was perfect. So if you guys are 29 or 30 and have still never had a roommate, or maybe you're 19 and have had 17 roommates, I want to hear about it in the comments. And don't forget, starting in episode three, we're going to be answering some of your questions at the end of each of the podcasts. So feel free to message me or ask any questions. I'm happy to select a random winner and answer their question at the end of each podcast. I love you so much, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.